You're listening to the Talking Rheumatology Research Podcast, brought to you by the British Society for Rheumatology. Hello, everyone. I'm René Westhoves. I'm an emeritus professor at the KU Leuven in Belgium, and I'm a co-editor of Rheumatology Advances in Practice. We are here to discuss a paper about the diagnosis of septic arthritis in the acute care setting by Dr. Palavi Shamdasani, if I pronounce well. <laughs> and uh, this is uh, a paper that was submitted for the special uh, junior researcher uh, program that we have in our journal. May I ask you to present yourself? Yes, thank you so much. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Pallavi Shamdasani. I'm the first author on this paper uh, looking at the diagnosis of septic arthritis in the acute care setting and the value of intraoperative sample culture. I'm a dual trained rheumatologist and obstetric medicine physician based in Melbourne, Australia. I'm currently working at the Northern Hospital, a large public hospital in Melbourne, as well as doing private consulting. I went to medical school here at Monash in Melbourne and have done my basic and advanced training in rheumatology through the Austin, Northern and Royal Melbourne Hospitals. I then did a fellowship in medical obstetrics at the Royal Women's Hospital. I enjoy treating a wide variety of rheumatic diseases, but my particular interests are in managing rheumatic diseases in young women, and especially through the preconception, antenatal and postnatal periods. Well, interesting to hear. It's uh, a lot of interest and enthusiasm, I would say. First of all, the the subject of your study, I, I was surprised by that because, you know, uh, septic arthritis is not the most preferred uh, topic by rheumatologists. And uh, so I was wondering, uh, what was the real reason and the motivation to start your study or to design your study? I think that's a great question. I agree. Uh, we definitely do not publish a lot of research in septic arthritis as rheumatologists. And that's actually something that drew me to this topic. As rheumatology trainees, especially in the inpatient or hospital setting, we are often called to see undifferentiated patients who are unwell. And for some of these patients, septic arthritis is an important differential. And we're often working together with our orthopedic colleagues here when it comes to these patients. And I actually began this project as an intern at the Austin Hospital in Melbourne Mm -hmm. almost eight years ago now. And I always knew I was interested in pursuing rheumatology, but the first term I had as an intern was on orthopedics. And because the Austin Hospital is a very large tertiary referral service in a a large metropolitan hospital with a big orthopedic unit, we often saw a lot of patients with suspected septic arthritis and they were also referred to the rheumatology team. So that was where that question always arose. Was this septic arthritis or was this another inflammatory or crystal arthritis? And that's really how this project began. Well, it all starts in the clinic, isn't it? And uh, well, I had actually uh, 35 years ago, I had the same experience. I was also working as a junior doctor in a university hospital and the orthopedic ward was very close. So I had the same feeling. And so that was that I had an immediate uh, good feeling with your work, actually, when I uh, got it as a co-editor. Are there are a lot of referrals for septic arthritis to your department? Is this common in the region? How is this hospital linked to the uh, referral doctors? 
So this is a large metropolitan hospital. It's a oh. uh, tertiary referral centre. Uh, so for our study particularly, we looked at patients who came through the emergency department, so yep. presented directly or were referred in by their general practitioner, so their primary care physician uh, for suspected septic arthritis, or during their admission, it was suspected that they had septic arthritis by the emergency yeah. department clinician. That the primary yeah. way we picked up patients, yeah. which is not uncommon in, in large metropolitan centres. Well, it's a, it was the same actually at my place. We had uh, the largest uh, third care referral hospital in Belgium, so it, we had the same. I had the same feelings. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, th this study is a retrospective uh, file study of patients that were, as you said, referred to the emergency department. And um, is there a very close uh, correlation between orthopedics and uh, rheumatology? Are you systematically asked by orthopedics when there is a diagnostic problem or a diagnostic uncertainty? So I think at our hospital, rheumatology and orthopedics work very collaboratively together. Um, I think we can see that in this study as well. Uh, Professor Andrew Hardage is the director of yep. the orthopedic yep. unit at the Austin, and he was yep. one of the supervising authors uh, on this paper. So we work very yep. collaboratively, not only in clinical settings, but also yep. research and also with our infectious disease colleagues when it yep. comes to these patients. And Dr. Martha Leroy also on this paper is uh, helpful from a microbiology point of view. He was very helpful with the synovial yeah. biopsy samples. Well, so there is a lot of collaboration in our yeah. clinical care. Patients mm -hmm. are often cross-referred to multiple teams mm -hmm. when they are unwell mm -hmm. with suspected mm -hmm. septic arthritis. So it's not uncommon for patients to be referred yeah. to orthopedics, rheumatology and infectious diseases in that setting. And we all very much communicate each other with each other for patient care. And we also have multidisciplinary meetings together to discuss mm. these complex patients as well. Oh, that's good to hear. But I think we should we have to realize that it's not always the case in other centers, uh, but it should be like that. I fully agree. Well, now coming to your study, can you describe the methodology and, and the ultimate goal of your study? So in brief, Basically, all patients who are referred to the orthopaedic service at our hospital by the emergency department are entered prospectively into an orthopaedic database by the orthopaedic team. So that database collects information about their demographics, their presenting complaint, and their preliminary investigations at the time of referral. So these patients are thought to have suspected septic arthritis by their referring physician, which in this case is the emergency department clinician on the basis of their clinical features and their risk factors and their preliminary investigation results, mm -hmm. such as of high C-reactive protein. And then unless contraindicated, those with a high suspicion then proceed to the operating theatre for a joint arthrotomy or arthroscopic washout, during which they generally take synovial fluid and tissue biopsies for culture. So what we did was we interrogated this database, the orthopaedic database between 2014 and 2019 for patients with suspected septic arthritis who were referred to orthopaedics. We then went back and retrospectively had a look at their electronic charts for their presenting mm -hmm. symptoms, the joints that were affected, the lab parameters, their blood culture results, if they had any bedside or ultrasound guided joint aspirations pre-intraoperative specimen collector, and then the results of their intraoperative synovial fluid and tissue biopsy cultures. So we wanted to know who gets septic arthritis, what are the clues in their history and lab parameters that can help us, and what do their bedside synovial aspirates tell us? And does proceeding to an intraoperative specimen add anything on top mm -hmm. of the synovial aspirate taken when we want to reliably diagnose septic arthritis? Okay. 
Okay. So just a, one question. So not everyone, I suppose, got a biopsy and, and the culture of the biopsy. So there's always a kind of selection bias possible? Absolutely. So when we closely examined the data, we kind of divided it into those subgroups, those who only had an aspirate, those who had both an aspirate mm -hmm. and an intraoperative collection, those who had neither. Mm -hmm. So there is an inherent bias in terms of we're looking at patients who've had both done. So we are able to compare the utility of that intraoperative culture. But these are often the patients that you want to know what to do with. You don't have enough of a suspicion and it's a yeah. really low probability and you've got another yep. reason. Yep. You often don't proceed to theatre anyway. Or if you have a really high suspicion and they're really clinically unwell, you often take them straight to theatre yep. without waiting for the aspirate. So it's this grey zone, middle zone patients that are often kind of causing the most uh, distress for the clinician mm, in terms of mm. what's going on. And it's these patients we concentrated on. Okay, well understood. I think this is uh, very reasonable and very close to practice. Huh? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Can you uh, summarize the main, should I say, the key results of your study? I guess, firstly, um, we should say for the purpose of the study how we actually diagnose septic arthritis. So, as you know, a gold standard is really hard to define. So, true, for our study, true. we find true septic arthritis as those who had an organism grown on either the preoperative aspirate or on the intraoperative specimen or both. And if patients had discordant results, for example, a positive aspirate but then a negative intraoperative specimen, we asked an independent microbiologist and infectious disease physician for their expert opinion as to whether it was true septic arthritis or not. Mm -hmm. So that's how we diagnosed septic arthritis mm -hmm. in our study. So over this study, we had 268 patients with 274 emergency yeah. department presentations, and 143 of these patients had both the aspirate and then the intraoperative specimen mm -hmm. collected. And of this subgroup of 143 patients, 85 had true septic arthritis. So I guess there are two main stories that this paper tells. The first part is comparing the septic arthritis group and the non-septic arthritis group. Mm -hmm. So the 85 that had septic arthritis and the 58 who didn't. In terms of what do the septic arthritis patients look like, well, we know that the knee joint was the most commonly affected in the majority mm -hmm. of patients, and the majority of patients had at least one risk factor, whether that's pre-existing joint disease in that joint, mm -hmm. joint trauma, or intravenous drug use. These patients mm -hmm. were also more, more likely to then proceed on to get an operating theatre specimen. In terms of helpful lab parameters, the median CRP, ESR, and white cell count were all higher in the septic arthritis group, but they were very mm -hmm. broadly distributed. So mm -hmm. this is something we've seen before, and I guess mm -hmm. highlights that preliminary lab parameters mm -hmm. can be unhelpful. And yep. interestingly, blood cultures were present about 48% of the time that were positive in the septic arthritis group, whereas only about 5% of the time in the non-septic arthritis group. Mm -hmm. So taking blood cultures, ideally before antibiotics are commenced, is a worthwhile mm -hmm. investigation. Yep. And once again, synovial white cell count was not a useful differentiator, which we've seen yeah. before as well. We just classical, huh? Yeah. Exactly. The second part of the story is the utility of the intraoperative tissue biopsy. So 143 patients had both of these done. 31 only had the aspirate and 88 only had the intraoperative specimen. So the majority had both done, and that's helpful mm -hmm. because that can help us examine yeah. the utility of the intraoperative biopsy. So in terms of the added benefit of taking an intraoperative specimen, of the 143 patients who had both, there were 63 patients who initially had a negative aspirate. Six mm. of these patients then went on to have a positive intraoperative specimen that was deemed to be significant by our infectious disease mm -hmm. physician. So that's a number needed to treat of 10.5. Yeah. 
to find yeah. a positive intraoperative sample in someone with a negative aspirate. Mm. And all of these were on tissue biopsy, not on intraoperative fluid mm. culture. So that's a really interesting mm. result that yeah. for those who have a negative aspirate, there is a value in proceeding to an intraoperative mm. specimen. Yeah, I think this is a very important message for rheumatologists huh? because many times rheumatologists just think that the synovial fluid investigation can give the answer and you show that it is actually not and this is sufficient. So I'm, I'm, I'm really pleased with that and therefore I think it's an important message specifically for rheumatologists. Uh, do you have any idea about the, let's say, the the type of infection? That means, for instance, you know, you have uh, infections that with, for instance, TB that are very difficult to culture and, and is uh, biopsy there specifically uh, useful or are there other infections that where the uh, biopsy is specifically useful? I think that's a very good question. Um, we didn't present this data specifically um, in the paper, but the most common organisms that were cultured were Staph aureus and E. coli. Yeah. So it wasn't necessarily that it had to be TB for it to be biopsy yeah proven only, even in other organisms, there is that additional utility of tissue biopsy. Do we have any idea about specific risk factors where, let's say, a biopsy was more often uh, pursued, it, like, say, people with immune-compromising situations? Uh, do you have any idea, idea about this? So I think because we looked at just that subgroup who had both the aspirate and the uh, intraoperative specimen collected, majority of those patients did have a risk factor. So whether okay. that was having joint trauma to that joint, having a pre-existing joint condition, so whether that's crystal arthropathy, degenerative disease, mm -hmm. or inflammatory arthritis mm -hmm. in that joint, or a history of intravenous drug use. In terms of teasing apart which uh, risk factors correlate the highest in terms of then getting a positive tissue biopsy. Mm -hmm. We just didn't have the numbers to be able mm -hmm. to really um, yep. make clear distinction of those yep. things, but it, it does kind of highlight the importance of taking a very detailed history because those yep. risk factors are significant. Uh, just uh, one other question about, let's say, risk factors. Uh, elderly people are, let's say, specifically at risk uh, nowadays certainly in Belgium, orthopedics uh, proceed more often to joint prosthesis in also in elderly people while mm. they are vulnerable. Any idea about uh, risk factors there and, and, and possibility also for getting tissue? Yeah, I think that um, is a really good question. I guess in our study, the median age was 65 in the septic arthritis group and 64 in the non-septic arthritis mm -hmm. group. So make of that what mm. you will. doesn't seem like mm. a big significant mm. risk factor. And the knee was also the most commonly affected joint in both. I think the joint prosthesis question is a very important question. Mm. And unfortunately, we weren't able to answer that in this study, but it's something I'd really yeah. like to explore in the future. Because in most tertiary centres, people are a bit nervous about putting a, a needle or a dual bedside aspirin to a joint mm -hmm. prosthesis, and often you need expertise to be able to do that. So actually, the number of people in that subgroup of 143 that had a joint prosthesis and then had both the aspirate done and the intraoperative specimen taken, it was only about 15 patients. Okay. So... It was a very small number that had both done. The vast majority of them went straight to theatre, which is what we would expect okay. in kind yeah. of clinical practice as well. Certainly a point of interest for the future, and, and, and I fully agree. Well, you know, we had a, a very nice talk. Can you now summarise really very shortly with some key messages for the clinicians the importance of your study? 
I think the key messages for me would be that there are no foolproof lab parameters or aspirate cell counts that can reliably distinguish septic arthritis from other pathology. When you're suspicious for septic arthritis, culture from an intraoperative synovial tissue biopsy, and that's tissue, not fluid, is a useful investigation, but because it will increase your certainty of making the diagnosis of septic arthritis. We can also improve our accuracy by taking a detailed history of risk factors, taking peripheral blood cultures, performing timely aspirations before antibiotic exposure, and taking that tissue biopsy. And I think in the future, I'd really like to look at things mm. like the joint prosthesis group in the immunosuppressed subgroup. So there's definitely room for a further exploration of that in the future. Okay, very nice. Well, um... You know, I think we can conclude this is a very important study. That's why we ask you to do a podcast about this. Uh, any idea, I think, you know, now after this amazing results in your center, uh, do you think that they are going to start and to implement this even more? So this kind of tissue biopsy? So I think because the study has been such a long time in the making and we've been collecting this data and analysing mm -hmm. it for a long time, it's definitely changed our practice in our department. Okay. We're definitely more forthright in asking our orthopaedic colleagues to help us in organising that intraoperative mm -hmm. sample and more specific when asking for a tissue biopsy just to make us more confident with our diagnosis, not only so we can guide our antibiotic therapy and the duration of therapy, but also because we don't want to miss other important diagnoses yeah, and yeah. delay management yeah. for those as well. So I think this is definitely practice changing. It yeah. definitely has been in our department yeah. and hopefully it will be wider as well. Okay. Yeah, I fully agree. Well, you know, I think we had if I have discussed all important points, I would like to congratulate you with your study and wish you good luck in your future career. And it was really nice to talk with you. I talked with a real expert, I think. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to Talking Rheumatology Research, brought to you by BSR. Please do rate, share and subscribe through your favourite podcast app.